exciting, really highly valuable. This is a hundred million dollar episode. So I'm going to ask you to uh, uh, welcome Don Hennig. He's a Brooklyn born maverick who turned a childhood uh, newspaper gig into a serial entrepreneurial journey from securing his first bank loan at, at just 12 uh, years of age to revolutionizing industries from finance to real estate. Don's knack for innovation has rewritten the playbook for business success. Now he's shaking up the e-commerce world with Accrue Me. That's his business, a trailblazing uh, finance firm that's unlike anything else that you have dealt with before. So that's empowering uh, Amazon sellers to skyrocket their growth without the shackles of traditional landing. In this electrifying episode of This Week with Sabir, it's a $100 million episode, we dive into Don's storied career, uncovering the grit and wit that pro uh, propelled him from a Long Island paper route to the pinnacle of multiple industries. We'll peel back the layers of Akrumi's groundbreaking profit-sharing and success-based model, revealing why it's become the holy grail for Amazon sellers hungry for expansion. Prepare for a whirlwind tour through Don's uh, most daring uh, ventures, the obstacles he shattered, and the wisdom gleaned from a lifetime of entrepreneurial con conquest. Whether you're a budding entrepreneur on, on Amazon or a seasoned business owner, this episode promises a treasure trove of insights on innovation, perseverance, and strategic growth. Strap in for a masterclass with the man who's not just living the American dream, but redefining it for the digital age. So help me welcome Don Hennig. Wow, Sabir, that was great. <laughs> I want you to read that for my children. <laughs> I'll, I'll share that bio bio read with you so that, that you, was can, good. You, can, you can, if you want to, you know, paraphrase it and stuff. I feel good now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm trying. I'm trying to pump you up because I think your 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 fabulous uh, uh, background and what you're doing with Akrumi is phenomenal. So thank you. Let, but before I I start diving into Akrumi, I would like the audience to get to know you more sure. so that they understand. Uh, why this is a hundred million dollar episode, right? And and why you are a hundred million dollar guest. So let's rewind back to your Brooklyn roots. By the way, I grew up in Queens, so uh, we're neighbors, right? We're in Queens, and and, and now uh, in Flushing okay. for thirty five years. I just moved to Suffolk County, and I think you live ten minutes from me now, yep, right? Yep. So we both moved out of uh, out of the city into the rural area. We never went to suburbs. So can you walk, briefly walk us through your first state of entrepreneurship with that, the the, the uh, $200 loan at age 12? Sure. Well, you mentioned Brooklyn. So I grew up in a, a part of Brooklyn over by Coney Island, where the houses were old beach bungalows that were converted. So to put it in perspective, my parents, my three sisters and I and our dog, so six of us plus the dog, lived in a, a small house, maybe 800 square feet, just to put it in perspective, with a little basement, maybe 500 square feet, 600 maybe. And my sisters and I each had a bed in the corner of that room and uh, one bathroom. You know, people these days don't, couldn't even imagine living like that, but we, you know, we felt we were kings and queens. It was fantastic. And we moved out to Valley Stream, which is the first town on Long Island. When I, my friends asked me, where are you moving to? I said, the country, you know, and, and to, right? you know, it had trees and things like that. It was crazy, uh, but it was great. So, yeah, you know, when I was 11, 
I uh, wanted money and I had an opportunity to go and get a paper route. I had to lie about my age. I lied about my age. I got a paper route and I wanted to make more money. So I figured out how to sell the paper and I went door to door uh, all along my paper route and I doubled the size of my paper, paper route. Well, I didn't know it, but I became the number one salesperson for the Long Island Press on Long Island. And there were millions of people on Long Island. So it was pretty exciting. I received all sorts of gifts and prizes and money and things like that. And now my paper route was double the size. It was the largest paper route. And, you know, I made a lot of money as a result. So what would happen was before going to school, we would, me and my friends, we would all meet at the local deli and I would buy everybody breakfast in the morning, which was oh, a, you were a rich kid. Now <laughs> I was a rich kid, man, 11 years old. And I was rich. I had money coming out my ears, you know, because I had a paper route. Well, then the daily news asked me to deliver their paper out. They literally came and asked me. So I did the daily news in the morning, early, 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 went to school, came back, went and got my papers and did, did the Long Island Press, did my homework and then sports at night at that age. So I had a lot of money and I went to my father at one point when I was 12 years old and I asked him on a Saturday, dad, can you take me to the bank? I want to take out a loan. Now my parents are very security and safety driven. They grew up in the in the Great Depression. They're not entrepreneurial. They're, you know, that's the last thing in the world. Getting a government job where you're going to have a pension and you're going to be safe. That's everything. And so why would you want a loan? My parents didn't have credit cards. They didn't have loans. You know, the, the whole goal was to pay off your mortgage, not to take out more loans. And I told them I wanted to build a credit rating. And I had read an article in the Penny Stock News. You know, as a young kid, I was just interested in finance. So he took me to the bank. I put $200 into an account. I borrowed $200 against it, paid it back over six months, borrowed 400. Then I borrowed 800 and so forth. And before you know it, I'm 16. I want a credit card. I don't need to ask anybody. I go to the bank. I get a credit card. I have a great credit rating. When it was time to buy a car, I didn't need anybody to co-sign. I bought a car. When I bought a house, I didn't need anybody to co-sign. I had you know more credit than most people. So it was just an interesting thing. I learned early on about finance. I love finance. I like having money. I, and I use my money as I did at the deli before school. I help a lot of people. I take care of a lot of people. And I'm a, a, really a, a major giver. This is really who I am. I mean, at that, at that uh, early stage, like family does have an influence, right? I mean, oh, especially, yeah. I mean, in your case, you said, uh, my, my parents had grown up um, and, and knew the the pains of depression, and and I hear that from a lot of parent, you know, people whose parents have yeah. grown up during that age. It's all more about savings and pension and stuff like that, and the entrepreneurial spirit and taking risks is not part of it. But from your perspective, what sort of the family ethos uh, contributed to your business acumen, even given the fact that 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 happened? Well, you know, it's interesting. I had to fight to do this. You know, like I, you know, starting my uh, doing my paper routes. All right. That, that was good work ethic. But, you know, only so far, you know, then what are you doing? And I'm buying things and buying things with, for other people and maybe wasting money, which was not really an acceptable thing to do. Uh, when I was 18 and 19, I bought an ice cream truck. I didn't have enough money at that time. So I had to go to my parents and borrow $300 for the down payment. Well, that gave them the right to read me the riot act. 
Do you know, <laughs> seriously, do you know what it means to own your own business? Do you know the responsibilities? Do you know about on and on and on and on? Do you know you need to get insurance? And do you know, you know things like that? It was, you know, do you know what you're doing? Go get a basic job. And so they gave me the 300 finally. I was going to pay them back over the summer. I paid them back within two weeks. And, you know, don't ever tell me anything again, you know, but it was a, it was it was a great experience. I learned how to do it. I learned about hard work. I learned about making more money. I learned about being creative and finding ways to make money that others wouldn't like, you know, at that time, an ice cream truck. OK, well, I bought a big like coffee pot, but I made iced tea in it and I'd go to the fields where people were finishing softball games and. I would sell iced tea for whatever the price was. But yeah. if it, if the whole thing cost me a dollar, I was selling it for $20. You know, it was like, why not? I don't have to buy it from anybody. It was simple, you know, basic stuff and a lot of fun. You know, you know, those things, those kind of experiences shape our decisions even now, right? We're in our 50s right now, right? But the stuff that happened to us- I'm when we a little were 12, bit older. Let's call it fifties for now for for the audience, okay? So uh, if uh, uh, you know, but you learned quite a lot of the uh, key lessons in the very early stages, right? Whether you were trading baseball cards or or newspaper or selling iced tea, what were some of the early learnings that still apply to you even today, right? After 40, 50 years, you know? Yeah, I would say you know the biggest thing that I learned, and I learned it through sports as well, was I always wanted to be the best. And to be the best meant you have to work harder than anybody else. And I know that goes against a lot of the current thinking, you know, the, the four hour work week, uh, you know, it's things like that. Yeah, which is great. I believe in having technology control the processes as much as possible. I work with so many people that travel the world and, you know, they talk, they, they live in Colombia for six months and then they go to Australia for three months and they go to Bora Bora. You know, it's like, wow, a different world. It's not what I'm doing. It's not what I really want to do. I love where I live. I love being home, you know, and, and but I learned early on about hard work. I remember being in sports and somebody saying, you know, I was a brown noser because I when a coach would say to run sprints, I sprinted. And, you know, I I tried my best to be the best. It wasn't about the coach. It wasn't about anything. It was I just wanted to be the best. And so I, I tried my best. Same thing with with business. When it came to business, if no matter which business it was, I wanted to study it and learn it and get better than anybody else at that business. I, it was nobody that was going to be better than me. And it's just the way it is. And, you know, if I had to stay up until three o'clock in the morning um, uh, doing examples of how to help somebody in their mortgage or in their finances, finances, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to, you know, come up with spreadsheets and things that others probably wouldn't do. I'm going to take the time to do it. So it was really more hard work and being very aware of what's going on. Where are the opportunities going out there on out there? Where are the trends, the big trends going on? So, I'll, you know, just to go one more second on this or one more minute, I had started a financial planning company hmm. and uh, I was working in a bank and I was bored. I was a commercial lender, but it's boring. So I needed to keep my mind going. So I studied jokes. I memorized thousands of jokes. And at the same time, I was studying finance. And I went and I got my Series 7 and, you know, all the uh, licenses to sell stocks and bonds and then insurance and real estate, all on my own, not knowing what I was going to do with it. But 
I started a financial financial planning company and it took off. So I quit banking and I am now a financial planner and doing very well. Bought, bought my first house, my second house. Everything's good. And then these financial planners who you know all were my friends, hundreds of them, they knew I had a banking background. So they were asking me about this new thing called refinancing mortgages. Who knew? But if you think about it, a few years earlier, my first mortgage was roughly 16%. And we paid wow. six points, six points. All right, crazy. Well, now interest rates at that point were down to 11 and 12%. That's a big difference. So I started a mortgage company. I learned about it. I started a mortgage company. It was a huge trend. I went out to financial planners and I taught them about mortgages. So they became my salespeople. So I started my mortgage company literally with a couple hundred salespeople all financial planners that I taught them how to, you know, uh, market their database and save their clients hundreds of thousands of dollars. And we're, what are those clients going to do with that money? They're going to reinvest it with that financial planner. So the client makes, saves a ton of money. The financial mm -hmm. planner makes money and I make money. Everybody won. So I know that you've had like a storied career, like, and you kept on trying these things. I mean, one advice I think, uh, that, that I get from that is anything you want to do, it requires work. You just yeah. have to put your heart and soul and mind and ever and your effort, sweat equity, not just money. You, you money is one part of it, right? And you have to put that in there as long as you're going in for the long run, for the long haul, and you're doing the right things and and having that momentum is is what makes you successful, right? I and, agree. And at least because the thing is, every day, every minute, you're learning something. Always. And you're adjusting, you're making mistakes, you're adjusting, you're succeeding, you're making adjustments, you know, that's right. and to to succeed even faster or better, you know, I so I, I think that's a really valuable lesson. So, so, stay now, with, stay, so stay with that for a second, if you don't mind, you know, um, I have two theories on on businesses and starting businesses, and especially for younger people who are considering it or trying and just can't seem to do it. There's two things. One, I, a saying I, I, I have called start stupid, meaning you're going to, you know, you, you can research it all you want. You could research it for five years and you're going to miss the opportunity. Just freaking start, just start and take that first step. That's the first step. You're starting your LLC. You're creating your company. Second step, you're going in, you're learning more. You're going to go to a class. You're going to go to a conference. You're going to find people in the industry. You're going to go talk to them, whatever it is. And keep going step by step by step, and you're going to get there. The second thing is the corridor effect, like a long hallway. Think about a long, dark hallway. That's starting a business. You only see the beginning. You don't see the obstacles in the way. You don't see the other benefits and the other opportunities that, that are down the hallway. So you have to start. And next thing you know, you're coming to an obstacle. It could be just be a board on the floor. You end up having to step over it. You have to overcome that obstacle. You'll never have that obstacle again. You know how to overcome it. But at the very beginning, all you see is those obstacles. Don't worry, you'll overcome them. And the more you overcome, you're going to see windows and you're going to see doors that you couldn't see at the beginning. And that's me going down the financial planning route and then seeing this door that opened up called the mortgage industry. I, wow, never would have been there. Never, ever, ever would have been there unless I took the first step in the financial planning company. Yeah. I mean, I just want to add one one thing there. I, I um, 
whatever I get into, I get yeah. into it with a wide-eyed ignorance, you know? <laughs> you know, wide-eyed exactly. from an optimism yep. standpoint and ignorance meaning that I don't know anything about this thing, right? And and if if that's if that's a place you start with, what's great about it is your ego, you're checking it at the door. Right. Because a lot of people jump into the thing all like, oh, I know how to do this and that and whatever have you, right? Uh, I'm a great chef. I know how to cook. And, and yeah. But you don't know how to run a restaurant, right? That's a different Good skill point. set, right? Yep. Absolutely. So, uh, or you're a great chef and you can make great products, but you cannot make CPG products like, you know, the packaged right. goods that you could sell in a, in a supermarket or online, right? right? So if you go, if you come from a place of ignorance and say like, look, I don't, I don't know. I know certain things. It's good that I have this base. But I really don't know. I need to know. That's if you right. start from there, you can you can conquer that industry. And a lot of, I mean, I can talk about like so many examples. And and a real life living example right now is Elon Musk, right? Yeah. And he's a great example of it. Didn't know anything about SpaceX. I don't know. If, I mean, his bio, biography book is out by Walter Isaacson. I really yep. appreciate that and uh, th that author. And I, I have read so many of the biographies. He, he does a phenomenal job digging deep into the into the background of people like he didn't know anything about space nothing that he came from a place of ignorance to say that okay i'm going to question everything right especially i'm, I'm actually at the, at the part of the book right now that's talking about standard operating procedures and policies and stuff he goes like nope <laughs> none of that stuff i i need to figure out like why do i need that knob on this thing right well, because in 1973 the blah 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 happened then you have to do this yeah, but we're not in 1973. It's 2023 right. right now, you know? Right. And a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs make that mistake. That's a huge mistake, right? People yep. who are in fashion industry, this is how fashion runs. Okay. So you want to be like everybody else and you, you're going to be competing against 1,000 other brands, right? Or right. 10,000 other brands. How about you run your fashion company like a cosmetics company or a vitamin company? Right. Now you're completely different, Right. right? Now, now, now it doesn't feel like, oh, like, oh, they're doing something innovative. That's something interesting, right? That's right. what makes winners, you know, like, and, and Elon Musk I is agree. a living in embodiment of that example. 100%. Totally agree. And, and you don't have to know anything. You know, I've started so many businesses that I didn't know anything about an entertainment company when I started an entertainment company. I didn't know anything about publishing. I didn't know anything about mortgages. I, you know, I knew nothing about these businesses when I started them. And then I became an expert down yep. the road. Yep. I mean, Same hindsight, idea. hindsight, yeah. I became an expert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least that's what people tell me. I'm, you know, you still don't know enough. You still never stop learning ever. Yep. I mean, that's, that, that's, that's a very good attitude Go getting into any kind of venture. So yeah. let's move into sure. accrue me, you know, uh, what was the catalyst behind it's uh, like unique? It, it is very unique, you know, it cause com I, I've come across, I've had guests, that do all sorts of different types of financing models when you're financing your business, right? So it, it is very unique. And how does it specifically address the Amazon seller's growing pain points? Sure. Well, it's interesting because Akrumi is very different. And, you know, why do you create something so different? And, uh, you know, just because things have always been done that way doesn't mean that's the right way. So lending has been done for 2000 years. And, you know, who's to say that it's it should be done differently? Well, we did the research and I, I, I went out and I, I called some Amazon sellers. Uh, let me step back a second. Uh, I have a friend who from the mortgage industry from 25 years ago, who we recently got together 
and he started pitching me on different businesses. I was retired before Akrumi, so I was not looking to get back in. I had no desire for it. You know, life was too good. And eventually he told me about Amazon and Amazon sellers. I didn't know there were two and a half million sellers on Amazon. I thought when I bought something from Amazon, it was coming from Jeff Bezos. You know, I didn't know. You know, who knew? So once I heard that, I went to sleep that night and I had a dream. True story. I dreamt very vividly that I was on stage and there were thousands of people in the audience and they were all excited. I was helping them do something. I was helping them grow their business. And that's what I did my whole retirement, my whole career, is I help people grow their businesses. I help them get what they want. You know, I, I don't need anything more than that. If I help them get what they want, you know, things just turn out right. So, and I love mentoring younger people and this industry is younger people. So, you know, it just fit me. So I was like very, very excited about it. So I called three Amazon sellers from my accounting firm. One was small, one was medium, one was large. Just happened that way. Didn't ask for it. Didn't know enough to even ask. And I talked to them all. I just wanted to learn. I didn't know anything. And I was asking them about this and that, whatever. And at the end of each conversation, I asked them the same question. What do you need? They all had the same answer. And this, they, they, their answer was, we need better, better sources of capital. All the sources of capital in this industry are not helpful. Uh, and I'm like, oh, perfect. That's what I do. I could do financing on the, in this. So then I, what I did was I started researching the lending options in this industry. And the first advertisement I saw online, it said, I'll never forget it. It said, borrow 10,000, pay back 11. It's that simple. I'm like, how am I going to compete with that? It sounds great. And then I did the research on it. I dug into it a little bit deeper. It was a six month loan. The monthly payments were so high, you would need to earn an 18% or 19% ROI per month to pay the loan. I'm like, these guys can't grow. This is a scam. This is good for the lender and terrible for the seller. Like, wow. And then I realized that's the way the whole industry is. So I went back to my partner and I said to him, I don't want anything to do with it. It feels too scummy. I don't want to be involved. And he said, well, why don't we do it differently? So over 90 minutes at a lunch at the Penn Club in New York, we just brainstormed lending and how to do it better and literally throw crazy things on the table like, all right, well, what if we don't charge interest and don't charge fees? And then a little bit later, we say, well, why even require monthly payments? All right. It sounds crazy. It sounds stupid. But we we can't we took that thing that can't be done and we figured out a way to make it work for the seller and for us. And it's really an amazing thing that I think we're going to find being applied to many other industries over time. So no interest, no fees, no payments. So we only earn a, a, a small percentage of profits for as long as they use their money. We don't take any equity in the business. And it's, wow. it's, it's a home run deal for the sellers. Home run. I mean, I, I, I bet that there is a little bit of an education thing because you're throwing people off also, right? Totally. You, you start with whether it's maybe your first thing that you do is a car loan. And then later on, you do your mortgage where everything starts with, oh, there's a accrual method. And there is yeah. uh, in, in a mortgage business, you know, you you are paying down the interest first and then your principal is less. Right. And in case of cars, there is a leasing and financing and right. lease back and buy back and all sorts of things like that. You start learning those things. 
And now you come along and you say, I'm not expecting you to give me monthly payments back. Uh, there is no APR here. You right. know, right. <laughs> everything that you do about finance and taking a loan uh, doesn't apply. I'm not taking I'm not taking equity in your business either, right? Because right. I want you to grow, right? Right. So you're 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 completely offsetting that. Is there a bit of an education thing where because there's a shock value to it too, right? For they for you to educate them and say, okay, this is why this is different. Yes, absolutely. And it, but initially it was very hard because we were a new name. People didn't know who we were, and who are these guys? This sounds too good to be true. You know, there's where, where's the are catch? they going to be scamming me? <laughs> yeah, where's the catch? And not for anything in finance, there is a lot of scams. You know, oh, yeah. read the fine print on these deals, and which nobody will ever do. And it's not in your favor ever. It's always in the lender's favor. So and they know that. So now they're coming in with you know literally their whole lives of experiencing, oh yeah, the lender, they added this fee I didn't know about, they called it whatever. And like, oh, you know, it's just another way that the lender makes a little bit extra money here, a little bit extra there, a little bit extra there. And we didn't want to nickel and dime people. Let's just do it plain. Initially we were going to do, um, we were going to do fees and we decided, you know, let's just make it clean. You know, if we have fees, they're all going to say, that's where you're making the money. No, we're going to make money if you make money. Just that simple. And, it, and think about it. If you don't have monthly payments, what happens? Amazon sellers, they earn 10, 15%. Some of them a little bit less, some of them a little bit more per month. Well, in Q3 and Q4, they can turn their products over literally at least once a month, maybe twice a month. So does it make any sense to take money out of your business and send it to a lender or does it make more sense to take that money and buy more inventory that you can make more money on in three weeks? I mean, it makes no sense to use the money any other way than to reinvest it when you can make money, when you have those opportunities. And with us, they can do that. And then what happens when they are slow? What happens? Their inventory goes down. Their receivables and cash go up. That's when you make payments. It just makes sense. That's the way you should run your business. And, and that's the way they do run their business. It's, it's exciting to see. And we, we don't have to explain it so much anymore. People have heard me on some podcasts and they come in and they know things about me and about the company that I'm shocked at. You know, like last week, this woman comes in and uh, I ended up getting on a call with her. I was asked to be on the call. And uh, she talked about a, a podcast that she heard me on. That podcast was two and a half years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she's been listening and it's like thinking evergreen. about it. It's an evergreen content yeah. now. It's, yeah. She's been thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. And now here we are. We're with everybody and all the leaders of the industry know us and like us and promote us for good reason. You know, we do it right. So it's not so difficult anymore. But initially, it was very hard. Uh, for the benefit of of the audience to understand the model, let's use like a success story from Acrumi, right? Mm -hmm. Where you made a huge tangible difference in, in that growth of that Amazon seller, right? Sure. And and uh, weave in there like how the process worked. Tell us that story. Sure. Uh, you know, I there's 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 three different types of Amazon sellers. You have wholesale, where they're not creating the product; they're buying it from someone else and selling it on online. There's uh, uh, retail arbitrage where they go out like literally they have to work so hard they go out to let's say a home depot and they see fans on sale you know the clearance rack 
and they can go onto their technology and say, okay, this fan I can buy for $20 and I could sell it on Amazon for $40 and they're selling fast. I'm going to buy as many of these fans as I can. And, you know, and, and that's retail arbitrage. So they, they know they're going to make money when they're buying the product because it's going to sell very quick. And then there's private label where you're creating your own brand. You're creating your own product. It's much more risky, but it's where, you know, the huge money is in the in, in Amazon and e-commerce. So I'm just going to give you, you know, I can go on with a bunch of stories, but one that I, I just love is this young guy, 21 years old, came to us. And uh, he came to us in December, uh, maybe a year or two ago. And he was earning in December. His net profit was $1,500. All right, $1,500. In, in January, we gave him money. We gave him $25,000. In uh, then he, he redeployed the money fast. He was doing wholesale. So he was able to turn it over very fast. So we kept giving him more money by May. So remember, in, in December, he earned $1,500. By May, his net profit was $44,000. By July, $57,000. You talk about life-changing? That's life-changing. You know, and, and the kid was, you know, was 21 years old. He was turning 22 in, I think, August. You know, uh, amazing. Uh, you know, with with a, on the wholesale side, you know, you talk about, I'm sorry, on the, um, uh, let me give you another one that's similar, on the retail arbitrage side. Again, just individuals that I get to talk to and I get to cheer for. And this guy, he came to us. It was similar numbers. He came to us in August a couple of years ago. He was earning $2,500 a month pretty consistently. A little bit over a year. So it was about 13 month later, months later, I looked at his account and he was earning a net profit of $44,000. And then the next month it was like $39,000. Then it was $45,000. Then it was $42,000. Uh, you know, he was in the 40s. And then he was opening up a second part of his business, a wholesale side of the business, and then doing very well with that and using our money to do it. And then he ended up opening up a private label as well. So he ended up with all three branches, if you will, all three selling uh, modalities in the Amazon world and all of them making a lot of money. Never could have done it otherwise. You know, I just got off a phone right before this call with a seller who came to us about a year ago. And he was doing about $100,000. And because of our model, and he literally just came out and said, I never could have done it without you guys. The model just is killing it for me. He's doing over $500,000 a month in business right now at high margins, very high margins. It's killing it. You know, he, it, he's using our model and our money, but it's his knowledge and his hard work that's winning the day. And, and he knows it. And he's going after it really hard. It's wonderful to see. I think a year from now, he'll be doing at least a million a month, at least. Uh, before they come to accrue me, what sort of financial challenges do these Amazon sellers run into so that, you know, the audience gets an idea of yeah. like, these are the top 10, you know, Don's <laughs> hit list, right? This is, this is what happens and you should call, you should contact uh, accrue me and Don. Well, the biggest thing, and it's really one, I'm going to say one is the biggest issue. And it's that the financing in this industry is created to have very high payments. So if you're a lender, you want to get your money back as fast as you can. So imagine, go, let's go back to the mortgage industry and just use a comparison. You go out and you borrow a $500,000 mortgage and it's going to, your monthly payment is going to be $2,300 or somewhere in there. All right. Well, now let's change that 30 year mortgage 
to a 10-month loan, your monthly payments are going to be over $50,000. You can't afford that house now. Everything changes. Well, that's apply the same thing here. So what they're doing in reverse, they're going to, you know, other lenders, and this is the whole industry. They all focus on the shortest term as they can, or they're applying it to your revenue, which ends up being a very, very short term. By short term, I mean, there are, there are loans from three to six months. The best one is 10 months. So you can imagine you borrow $100,000 and you're paying a minimum of $10,000, $11,000 a month. Your monthly profit is probably around that, that number. So you're taking, you know, your profit, let's say is $12,000 and you're taking 10,000 and sending it to the lender. How fast are you going to grow? You're not, you're going to be, go you're going nowhere. All you're yeah. doing is treading you're water. You're standing still. Yeah, you're treading water. I mean, you exactly. See, you you think you're having a momentum. You're not. And you're and it's an ego play. You feel like, wow, the bank gave me a hundred thousand dollars. I'm you know I'm a big guy now, and and I understand the feeling, you know. But when you look at the numbers and you put you know pen to pad, it doesn't make sense. Now they come to accrue me, and they're like, wait a minute. You mean I could take this money and I don't have to make those payments when I have opportunities to grow? Yeah, that's right. And they're kind of blown away and a little scared by it by it initially. But once they get comfortable, they just start going and going and going. It's so exciting to see. You know, we've had, I think, two clients now that, you know, they're just, they're young, but old school. So every month, whatever the percentage of profits that we earned, they made sure that they paid that. So that's fine. You know, it was $400 or $500. It's fine. Pay us. We love getting paid. But you don't need to. It's not really the best way to use the money. But so let's, uh, Don. So let's use uh, an example of like hundred thousand. I, I come to you. I'm an Amazon seller, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I ask for a um, hundred thousand dollars, and it got it got it got approved, right? And yep. My goal is to actually buy more inventory, you know, or or yeah. expand my product category or something like that. How does the Akrumi's uh, like success based profit? Yep. Uh, sharing model work in that scenario? I'm going to give you just a slightly different um, uh, example just because the numbers work so easy okay. and it'll be more clear for everybody. Let's say you had a, a $70,000, okay, of inventory and receivables. You had $70,000 of assets in your business and you come to us and you ask us for $30,000. All right. So the reason I'm doing that is now together, Oh, you, okay. you have a hundred thousand dollars in your business. All right. I and like that example. Yeah. Yeah. I'm simple. I don't need yeah. to take out my calculator now. So now you have 70,000 plus our 30,000. You have a hundred thousand dollars in your business and accrue me represents 30%. So here's the way it works. Whatever percentage of the capital we represent, cut it in half. So here's our profit percentage. We're going to earn 15% of only your first 5% profit. So your first 5% ROI. So let's take stay with this example. You have $100,000 in your business. And let's use a very common ROI in this industry of 10%. All right, so you're gonna earn $10,000. Now, Akrumi is not gonna apply the profit percentage to the full 10,000, only to your first 5% of ROI, which in this case is $5,000. So accrue me is going to earn 15% of $5,000 or $750. So now what happens? 
you can pay us that 750 or if you choose to keep using that money and growing your business the next month it's as if we gave you 30,750 so now yeah, let me let, let me finish exactly that's very, it's very simple and, and and we have a portal in technology that does all of this automatically the seller sees it all every single day the seller can go back as far as since they started with us and click on any day on the calendar and see their entire P&L for that day, every single thing, you know, so it's, it's so clear and so uh, transparent, but now let's take it to, to another level there. Uh, so now the seller earned 9,250 and a crew, crew me earned 750. So what does it look like in month two? That seller has, capital of in, in the business altogether of a hundred thousand a hundred nine thousand two hundred and fifty and a crew me has thirty thousand uh seven fifty yep. so a crew me now doesn't represent thirty percent a crew me now represents twenty eight percent so now cut that in half so that month whatever the you know the five percent number is it's going to be somewhere in the same ballpark and we're only earning 14% of that. Again, similar number. But the idea is that as the sellers are growing, the accrue profit percentage is going down just automatically. It's organic. It's the way it happens. And now if the seller needs more money, they can take more money. And it acts like a, a line of credit. So they, they take money, they pay some back whenever they, they're ready to, and there's plenty more money available to them. As they're growing, there's more money available to them every month. Yeah. So um, among, I mean, I have the same same uh, thing. The next question I'm going to ask you, uh, you have so many clients, right? Yeah. But there's always one or two that are like cream of the crop, right? They have the right DNA, the right product mix, the right branding, everything. Yeah. So that all they were missing was a crew me financing their, their growth. And then they skyrocketed. Uh, can you take us through one one of those examples? Well, I, I'm a, you know I, I mentioned the young guy who skyrocketed. Uh, the other young guy that um, him and his wife with the retail arbitrage they skyrocketed. Uh, the guy that I just mentioned I was on the phone with just before this, killing it, absolutely life changing, killing it. But I'm going to give you a different example. So uh, a young guy down in Florida, very, very, very skeptical of a crew me. And he finally, what he said to me afterwards is that he looked at his numbers. He's private label. So he has his own products. And he said, you know, in year one, my revenue was 146,000. In year two, it was 148,000. In year three, it was 160,000. He goes, I realized I'm not going anywhere with this business. And so I said, what the hell? I might as well give a crew me a chance. So he said, that's the way he came into it. I'm just got to you know, throw caution to the wind and give it a shot. And he did this next year from there, his net, his revenue was 465 or 460 something. Then it went up to $700,000 the, the following year. And it was all because of the model that he was able to take the money develop new products along the same lines of what he was doing. So offshoots of his products. And he knew they would work, but he didn't have the money to do it. So now he was doing that without taking money out of his business all the time. So he was able to just, instead of going from 165 to 185, 
he went from 165 to 465. You know, it, it's again, life-changing. It changed his life. And he told me flat out, that's what it did. Another guy in Israel, he had great products and he just couldn't get off the mark. And he took our money. And because of the model, he did so well. He called me up like about six months later and said, Don, I apologize. I said, why? He said, I have to pay you off. I said, that's okay. I kind of bummed that he's doing this, but that's okay. You know, why are you paying us off? And he said, because I'm doing too well. I'm making so much money. I don't need money. I'm, I'm just killing it. And he was. His margins were over 50%. Wow. Yeah. And his, and his sales just skyrocketed. But he couldn't do it because he kept running out of inventory. So here's what happens in the Amazon world. You spend money in advertising to get your product rating up. Your, you know, um, ranking best, yeah, bestseller ranking. And as your ranking gets up there, you're getting on the first page and second page on Amazon. So now all of a sudden you're hitting a lot more sales. You're doing great. But if you run out of inventory, your ranking drops off the page. You're and gone. Amazon penalizes you for KPIs. Totally, right? Exactly. <laughs> so now what do you do? You finally get your inventory back in. It could be two weeks, could be two months. You rebuild your inventory and you start over. Now you have to spend another fortune in advertising to, climb to get back your up. product back up. Exactly. Yeah. You're not making money along the way. When you're spending money on that advertising to build your ranking, you're not making money. So he gets, you know, he or she gets to the point of making a lot of money. They don't, they, they run out of inventory and they start mm -hmm. over, not making money again. And they, we see that happen all the time. And with us, that just doesn't happen. So let's stick with that. There sure. are always in entrepreneurship, right? Whether you're an Amazon seller or Shopify or whatever, right? Uh, you always have unexpected hurdles, right? Mm -hmm. From your view, like what are some of those um, hurdles that Amazon sellers face? And then how does Akrumi help in that process once they become your like your partners in, in, in that uh, and they finance their business through you? Well, you know, I, I just mentioned the advertising, and that is a big hurdle for Amazon sellers. It's a tough one because all the consultants tell the sellers, spend a fortune on advertising. You're going to lose money. And we don't like to see that. You know, that's that's not a good but, thing. But you have to understand the economics out there. You know, when somebody says that to you uh, and then you look at their agreement, it's 12%, uh, 14% of media spend. Exactly. Not or of performance. Or of <laughs> revenue, not yeah. of profit. Exactly. Right. So, you know, we have to help these sellers and we do all the time in teaching them that, no, you know, yes, you have to spend on advertising. You know, we understand that, but you don't have to go crazy with it. You, you want to get to a certain point. You want to make money. You're in business. You want to make money all the time. So if you're making a little bit less right now, that's fine. Make a little bit more next month, a little bit more. You don't have to go to losses to gamble that in four to six months, you're going to be able to make some real money again. You can get there. Just you're gonna have to take steps. So you know we help people with that all the time, and you know explain it to them. We also help them when we see bad inventory, and it happens. You know these sellers, they all have what they'll say is you know some dogs. You know so they'll have some inventory that's just not selling, and they're sitting on it. And we try to coach them. You know sell it, get rid of it, sell it at a loss. It doesn't matter. It's sitting there doing you no good turn it into cash and then start making money on that cash. So if you know you have $10,000 in bad inventory, if you had $10,000 of cash right now, would you be able to make money with it? Yes, of course. 
So sell that garbage and replace it with something good. But I'm going to lose 2000 or 4000 You already lost it. You're not making it now. Just sell you, you that. lost $18,000 is sitting here exactly. collecting dust right now. That's exactly <laughs> not 2, right. 2000 So 2000 is better. <laughs> yeah, you're 100% right. You know, it's it's amazing. So, you know, those are just some of the things that we, we do. We, we're we constantly coaching like the, the call I had just before this. You know, the, the seller was looking at expansion and, uh, you know, planning his um, his negotiations with a supplier and, you know, just getting some tips and, you know, ideas from us. We also have saved many sellers when they're going to buy certain inventory from a supplier or a manufacturer. We could tell them that we've had very bad experiences with that supplier mm. or that seller and uh, stay away. And, you know, if you want to do it, you can buy it, but not with our money. Yeah. You're telling them it's a steep, steep cliff. Don't look. <laughs> you're going to That's right. Fall. Exactly. But Don't all jump. you can do is give them that advice. That's all you can do. It's <laughs> true. Know? Yeah, it's true. But, you know, just staying with that for one last second, the, you know, besides clients of ours, we've had some sellers that have come back to us. So one in particular, very, very successful seller, somebody who's a leader in the industry, a guru in the industry that thousands of people follow and his brand and his girlfriend's brand, they came to us, they needed to borrow like $300,000 and they had uh, sales of somewhere around 15 to 18 million a year. And they were looking to sell the business over the next year or so. Okay, great. They just needed a little bit of money. Fine. Well, then he didn't call me back. And he went somewhere else. Literally a year later, it was May to May, he calls me, Don, <laughs> how you doing? And uh, everything's good. I'm dying to do business with this guy because, you know, first off, I like him, but he's got, you know, contacts in the industry beyond anything I could do. And uh, so now we look, he, he wants money from us now. So, oh, that's great. Yeah, the other guys didn't work out. I'm not mentioning names. Well, he came to when he came to us initially, he had millions of dollars, you know, like a few million dollars in inventory. When he came back to us, he had no debt initially. When he came back to us, he had debt of a million six. Wow. And he had inventory of around eight hundred thousand. And in that year, didn't make any money, lost money. Like, how is this possible? And the company he was dealing with, whatever, held money back at times and he couldn't get his inventory in, ran out of inventory, lost Q4. And he screwed up his company so badly we couldn't help him. It was, it was heartbreaking. I wanted to pull out any stop we could to help him. But the company just like basically collapsed. And now he had to go out and look for private investors to come in and invest capital into the business, you know, take ownership in the business. It's his only chance. Sad, but we saw that many times. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like you said, it is a roller coaster, right? It emotional. Is. Uh, yep. it, it is very emotional, right? Because oh, yeah. you, you can't sleep when when you're the business owner, you're in the whole negative one million and another negative eight hundred thousand dollars in inventory, right? Yep. That's one negative one point eight, and probably you have infrastructure people that you've invested in and stuff like that. Yep. Now you have to pay that out and it just keeps on the hole gets deeper and deeper and deeper. So with, with, I mean, that is part of the kind of the ventures life, uh, life cycle, but yeah. also the e-commerce is shifting, right? It's constantly shifting. It's like two it things is. happening, big major things happening 
yep. one under potentially under your control, the other one completely not under your control, right? Because yeah. trends change and stuff like that. Uh, how how what is your advice for Amazon sellers to adapt to uh, to this sort of a change? Uh, and and when does it make sense to uh, come to accrue me? Because uh, one thing I've learned about financing, right? I mean, this is a novice <laughs> experience with financing, right? I'm sure you have a better advice. When you need the money and you're in dire need, nobody wants to give you money, right? right. And yep. when you when you don't care for the money, everybody sends you a $50,000 credit line, right. this, right. Right. you're going to get air travel miles, whatever, whatever, you know, they just swamp you with so much yeah. offers and, uh, you know, so when is the right time in their Amazon and the Amazon seller's journey when they say, you know what, things are going good, but I really need to look down the line here and, and I need to think about infusing cash right now, not, not later when I'm in trouble. Right. You know, I, what I would say is if you have opportunities to grow and the desire to grow, then you should look at getting a cash infusion. And, you know, I'm going to be honest, if if there's an Amazon seller listening and they're thinking about growth and they want to grow and they have the opportunities and they're looking for financing, if they look anywhere else, that's fine. But they should apply with the crewme as well and then just compare. You know, it's it's night and day. There is no comparison, zero comparison. They'll be able to grow their business so fast. You know, it, it, it's 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 almost like. That example I gave earlier in the mortgage world, if you took out a $500,000 loan, but now you have to pay it back over 10 months, it just doesn't work. And that's pretty much all of the financing in the Amazon world. So, you know, there's not a choice. We're really the only choice. And, you know, I hate to put it that way, but that's really the bottom line. I mean, given you have helped so many Amazon sellers, and by the way, we have yeah. a, a ton of people uh, watching this show right now, live, great. you know, great. and I encourage them to ask any questions so that we can, we have Don here. It's a great opportunity to uh, get a lot of those questions out of the way that you have in mind. And by the way, we do have uh, a very special offer for the This Week with Sabir's audience. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to flash the URL uh, at, in the final five minutes, and then I'll ask uh, Don to actually share with us what that special offer is that's very unique and exclusive to only our audience. So, and it's going to be around for another 10 minutes. And it's know? something that nobody in finance has ever heard before. Yep. So, so this is very, go. very special. <laughs> so I'm sure Don, having gone through this, uh, um, this journey of helping so many Amazon seller businesses and, and uh, put them on the right track. I think, I think having the right finance yeah. partner is critical, you know, because yeah. you could have a bad partner and, and then you're going to run, you're going to, run your business into the ground basically yeah so having the right financial uh, partner a fiduciary stuff like that so having the right advice is very critical mm -hmm. but here's my question to you nothing to do with finance part of it i'm sure that don hennig has outlined a blueprint for what success could look like when when you're trying to scale an amazon business mm -hmm. yeah i've seen uh, i've seen many and i i if if I was coming in as a new seller, I know what I would be, be doing. But, you know, people don't know this. So I'll, I'll tell you exactly. Let's say you're coming in as a new seller or a fairly new seller. You know, the, the problem with Amazon is it's it, it's huge. The amount of learning that you need is going to take years. And when I said before about the corridor effect, 
and the obstacles. There are so many obstacles you're going to come across. And I've seen Amazon shut businesses down for almost no reason. And I, I know very successful sellers that have 10 computers set up in their offices with each one with its own uh, VPN, each one with its own different ISP, you know, so that they run different brands on different computers. Because you get shut down on one, if you're on the same, if let's say I was in the same house and my wife has a completely different business in another room, she's getting shut down too. We have nothing to do with each other. Doesn't matter. You shut down. So that's just the way Amazon works. So what I would say to people is, you know, you have to go to one of these um, uh, agencies. Uh, the people like, you know, truthfully, if they get when they get to the right size, they could come to a Sabir. But you, I don't think you're going to take them on when they're when they're small. And uh, but, you know, the smaller guys to get to the size that you could get help from a severe, you need to go to the agencies who know this stuff inside and out. And day one, let them help you select your product. They then there's let's say there's 100 things to do. Let them do 90 of them. You do 10. And you'll make less money. That's uh, Think long-term. Don't think short-term. Let them help you become a legitimate, amazing seller. And now, you know, as you're going along, you're going to start taking more of the responsibility off of that agency. They're going to be your partner along the way. They're going to take a piece of it, but it's your company. And eventually, you're going to do 50% of the work, and they're going to do 50. Eventually, you're going to be doing 90% or 80%. And you'll always need somebody else to handle your PPC or whatever other piece that's always changing that you don't want to mess with. So be, figure out what you want to be the expert at, but learn from these experts. Don't try to just come in and do it on your own. It's not a gimme. It's not something that anybody can just walk in and make a lot of money tomorrow. Hands down, no problem. No, it's a pain in the neck. You've got to learn it. And if you learn it and you have a little bit of a long-term horizon, like a four or five-year horizon, you will kill it. If you do it right, you go to the right agencies, you will kill it. You'll make, you know, you'll make a, a, a lifetime business for yourself. And you'll eventually have all these brands feeding you business. I mean, I call that accelerate, accelerate your learning, right? There you go. Perfect. And, you know, speed it You're up. You're so much smarter than me. Right? <laughs> speed it up. Just you know, pay the piper. You know what? It's fine for the first, yeah. uh, you know, eighteen months, twenty-four months. You're not making any money, but long term, this is your business. Right. You're you're accelerating your your learning curve. You're getting all this education, but you have to be receptive to learning that stuff too. But also with the agencies, though, one advice and caution I want to I want to throw out there. Yeah. You 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 have to find the right partners. That's right. right. Uh, there are very few people like like me and. We, we, we work on a more, more of a trusted advisor kind of a role. Right. And we don't, I don't even call myself a consultant. I don't call myself consultant. I, call, right. I don't call my company an agency because uh, once you say agency, it just sounds like, oh, okay, you're going to take a, a part of my media spend and you're going to run Facebook ads. No, mm. that's not what I do. You know, right. I've been in e-commerce business for 25 years. I'm going to help guide your company to the right path. Right. And that's where you get, this is why I have so many case studies that I, that I uh, uh, flashed here, uh, people can go to, to the website and look at all so many uh, case studies where every one of these businesses have grown 2X to 10X in like 12 to 24 weeks. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing. 
growth. Yeah. But the thing is, you have to fix the right things in the business, not just right. not just go like, oh, yeah, he just spends money. He's gonna triple my Facebook ads. Right. No, that's not that's cheating. <laughs> you know, there's it's, something it's, wrong with the business. Let's figure out what parts of it needs to be fixed. Right. Once you fix those things, you'll be surprised how easy it is for to grow those businesses. At least from my view, like yeah. with the clients that I work with, that's that's what I do. Because you have that knowledge, you have that knowledge, but most sellers, you know, they don't have that knowledge unless they've been doing it for a long time. You know, you're doing it 25 years. I, I would say that if a seller has been in the e-commerce world since 2015 or 16, they're an expert today. They're killing it. If you got in in 2020, 21, you're still struggling. You need Sabir to help you and you need others to help you because, you know, some people you'll handle and some you won't. And, you know, I, I know your business and, you know, the, the biggest brands in the world come to you, you know, so me starting out and the biggest business, business people too. <laughs> that's right. Names. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. So let's do this. Let's share that, that special offer for sure. the audience that, um, you know, that, that follow my content. Uh, so here's the special link. Uh, you can visit uh, Don on the web, but if you use this special link, which is growthbysabir.com. Uh, slash accrue me. It's a very special offer link. And I will let Don explain why is it special? Yeah, it's not for everybody. But so that's why you really need this link. It, it's a, and we made it a simple link as well. Uh, but here's what we're doing to make it easy on on sellers trying us because it is different. We're going to give you 30 days free. So let's say we gave you gave you $100,000 today. And 30 days from now, you come back and say, you know, I don't like it. Whatever the reason doesn't matter. Here's your $100,000 back. You don't owe us anything else. That's it. Just give her some money back. So you have 30 days to check it out, get comfortable, learn the system, the whole bit. And if for whatever reason you're uncomfortable, that's it. Give her some money back. There's no cost. Amazing. Amazing. Well, it's because of you, Subir. You're the best. Thank you very much. <laughs> and thank you to the audience. You know, I think yeah. this is a very special offer because if you go to any bank, as soon as you withdraw, like, $100,000, whether it's a mortgage or business loan or anything, you owe something on that. Oh, so yeah. to, to get this special offer uh, from Don, I, I think it's fabulous. And I, I want to thank you for offering that to my audience and my pleasure. and for other business, uh, uh, for other Amazon sellers so that they can really benefit from it. Uh, and and uh, really, I, I would I would really ask you to give this a try. This is going to be, I, I rarely do this to endorse um, a, uh, a partnership or a brand or something like that. So this is, this is a very special offer and Don is a very special person. So I'm, now I'm going to put you in the hottest seat right now. Uh -oh, right? Uh -oh. So Thanks, this, I said that this is a hundred million dollar episode, right? Yeah. And I don't say that lightly. I, I've said it in, in the past four seasons and hundred episodes. Uh, I've said it rarely, right? So what is your number one hundred million dollar insight into helping Amazon sellers skyrocket their business, you know, in, in the next 12 months, 24 months, 36 months, skyrocket, not, not 10, 20% increase. I'm talking about 10 X increase. I, I would immediately uh, think long-term. I would think of finding, you know, the, the partner, if you will, like Sabir, and there are others out there that might handle the smaller accounts. Uh, and, you know, team up with them and learn everything you can. But once you get on that tra trajectory up, you're going to be blocked with the financing. It's just a matter of fact. So by doing the financing where you don't have to make those monthly payments, 
you can't grow to $100 million quickly unless you have a model like that. And you could do it by bringing in partners who are going to own a piece of your business. And that's fine. Like venture capitalists, they give you the money to grow. And then, you know, you own maybe 40 or 50 percent of your business and and you can get there that way. So because there are no monthly payments. Same thing with us, except you don't have to give up your business. Wow. Don. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show and you, sharing your dropping your knowledge. It's a definitely a hundred million dollar knowledge, and especially for for uh, businesses that are growing and and growing it has its own pains, you know. Oh yeah, and and that was a good show too, actually. Growing pains. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but but in 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 the life of an entrepreneur and Amazon seller, I think you address a, an incredible offer there, and definitely try out this link growthbysevere.com slash accrue for this, for that special offer that Don just uh, explained, definitely try it out. Get in touch with Don and his team to, uh, if if uh, if your business can be helped with your Amazon seller business can be helped with the this financing option, I would highly recommend uh, you uh, checking him out. Uh, so that's the link for growthbysevere.com/accrue/me. Uh, if you want to uh, help with the business strategy to overall grow your business. Uh, and we, we have uh, at Growth by Severe, we have um, my team that can, uh, when you apply, uh, you can see the case studies there, as well as you can apply through this link, um, growthbysevere.com slash apply. And your business has to be the right fit. It has to be the right partnership. And uh, it's it's 2xing your daily revenue trend uh, in 12 weeks, um, you know, minimum. That's so, amazing. That's so amazing. It's, um, and there are plenty of case studies. So uh, this is not just a, a fluff. It's, it's real, you know, and um, I've helped uh, uh, through through growth by severe and rapid 2x and hyper 10x program helped uh, the sharks on Shark Tank. Uh, I, I was co-founder with Gary V and so many others, you know, and you can go to the site and you can read about uh, sort of my background and the case studies and stuff like that and definitely apply. And when you apply, you will get in touch with a, a, a team member that can see if it's the right fit because the partnership needs to work on both sides, you know, and, and needs to make sure that we both agree that this is the right thing to do. And it has to be the right size for us to uh, take that business and grow. But moreover, uh, I would go back to Don and uh, have you guys uh, go to this link growthbysevere.com slash accrue me for that special offer. Definitely give it a try. I mean, there is no risk there for, for right. 30 days. So definitely give that a try. And, um, and good luck with your uh, Amazon selling venture. You know, it's exciting. Uh, and uh, Don, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being you. Uh, part of the show and sharing your knowledge and sharing accrue me and with, with my audience. And it, it, it has been a fabulous experience. I learned quite a bit from this from this uh, interview. I always enjoy talking to you, Sabir. I always learn. You're, you're the expert. Thank you. Thank you, Don. And thank you, audience, for tuning in. And uh, we have uh, several more episodes com coming up to the end of this year. So keep on tuning in. If you have missed any episodes, uh, definitely check it out at growthbysevere.com slash live show. It's a YouTube channel, so it's a short link. Uh, definitely go check it out. We have had hundreds of guests, fabulous guests that have dropped knowledge over the past four years. So, And this is all evergreen advice. So this is a masterclass. Every episode is a masterclass into a topic like today's was for Amazon seller financing. Thank you again, Don, uh, Thank you, for coming Samir. on to the show.